The message is so private, it's not written. I must speak it to his lordship myself. The butler frowned imperiously. Careless girl, he said. You lost it, didn't you? She raised her chin, refusing to be intimidated. He was only another servant. He wasn't any better than she, except that he wore fancy livery with gold lace. I didn't, she said, and I'm not careless, not a bit. I told you before, it's a most private message, meant for his lordship's own ears alone. The butler's frown deepened. His lordship does not wish to be troubled with no reason. If this is an idle invention born of your wickedness— It's not, she said doggedly. It's born out of a private conversation with his lordship last night. He gave her one long, final look of judgmental disapproval. Very well, he said. You stay here whilst I see if his lordship is in. Touch nothing. Very well, she echoed, not to be impertinent, but because she thought it sounded like a grand and noble way of saying yes. Although I'd think being his lordship's butler, you'd know whether he was in or not. He glared at her, saying nothing more. As he headed up the stairs, he passed by a footman standing at attention like a sentry beside one of the doors. Watch her he said. It offended Lucia to be taken for a thief, simply because her clothes weren't as fine as his. But she'd come this far, and she didn't want to be pushed out the door now. She didn't dare sit on one of the straight-backed chairs along the wainscoting, fearing that it might be considered touching, so instead she simply stood where she was, her hands clasped at her waist, where the footman would be sure to see she wasn't slipping anything of value into her pocket. She did let herself look, though. There could be no harm in that, and she looked eagerly, searching for clues to the man whose grand house this was. Not that she found any. A large painting of a sunset over the ocean, a blank-eyed statue of a naked lady, an elaborate vase on a marble-topped table. What could any of that tell her of his lordship beyond that he was very wealthy, which she already knew? She sighed restlessly and touched her necklace again. She hoped he remembered his offer this morning, and she hoped he could do as he'd said. He'd smiled, not as if it were all a jest, but as if he truly believed it was possible. To be able to become a dramatic actress, to earn her own wages and have her own lodgings, and to be finally free of Magdalena and her endless demands, oh, it was beyond imagining. She caught sight of her reflection in the looking-glass that hung in a gold frame on the far wall. She appeared tiny and insignificant, a small, dark blot in a straw hat in the corner of these magnificent surroundings. She sighed again, and steadfastly turned from the looking-glass. She hoped he remembered her. The butler was coming back down the stairs, each step filled with disdain as he came closer to her. She'd no doubt he was going to send her away, and she'd a sickening dread in the bottom of her stomach. Her dream would be over before it had begun, and then his lordship will receive you, the butler said, making it clear this was not his decision, but his master's. This way. Now dread of a different variety washed over her as she hurried after him up the stairs. The words that she'd so carefully composed last night— had vanished from her head, with nothing to replace them but a babble of incoherent desperation. 
The staircase didn't lead to heaven, but to a short hallway with more heavy-panelled doors. The butler stopped before one and knocked, and a muffled voice from within told him to enter. He did, standing to one side to announce Lucia, and she'd no choice but to enter, immediately dropping to a deep curtsy, her head bowed. "'The young person, my lord,' the butler said wearily over her head. It wasn't until then that she realized she hadn't given her name, nor had the butler bothered to ask for it. Once again she'd been reduced to insignificance, one more example in a life full of similar indignities. But this time the slight didn't wound so much as it made her forget her nervousness. It irritated her. She was tired of being overlooked— She was, after all, a de Rossi, and she longed for the attention of the centre stage as much as anyone else in her family. "'I have a name, sir,' she said, her head still bowed in her curtsy.